Hello, happy Monday and welcome back to the Your Soulful Goddess podcast, Beautiful Soul. Your Soulful Goddess is the place where open hearts and open minds can come together to talk about and discover new ways in which to heal, grow, and fully step into their true potential and power. My name is Safa and I am your host. I am an intuitive life coach and it is my pleasure to bring to you episode number 38 of season 2 where we talk all about feng shui and let me tell you i thought i knew just a little bit about it and have tried to do some things in my house to let the energy flow more freely and so on but wow there is just so much more beauty and so much more growth that can be found within the practice and my incredible guest jillian fills us in on just what feels like the very tip of the iceberg Now let me tell you a little bit about my beautiful guest, Jillian Rothschild Scholar. Jillian helps ambitious people who feel like there's something a bit off in their lives so that they are unable to choose which direction to go in to get clarity and accelerate their results. Jillian is a classically trained feng shui expert who has been working in private feng shui consulting since 2010. She helps people who are feeling tormented with big, unanswered life questions, but are unable to choose which direction to go so that they are looking for something they can trust to get clarity, enabling them to confidently move forward. She specializes in collaborating with clients over time to awaken new possibilities and assist each client in achieving both personal and professional goals. As part of her personal feng shui work, she consults with both residential and business properties worldwide. Jillian combines modern practical solutions with the authentic feng shui perspective to successfully collaborate with her clients in personal and business matters. And she is an absolute wealth of knowledge whom I know you are going to love spending time with and from whom you will be able to get a few extra goodies on the Patreon page soon. So for those of you who have not yet signed up for Patreon, this is your chance. It's getting so, so good every single day. It just gets better. And if you're already on there, don't worry. New content is on the way and you're going to love it. But enough about that, let's get on to our wonderful topic today. Here is the one and only Jillian. How are you doing today? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I'm super excited for you to be here because I have so many questions for you. But before we get into the meat or the nitty gritty, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. So I actually help people who are dealing with sort of big unanswered life questions and they're looking for someone that they can trust to get some clarity, enabling them to move forward. I am a classically trained feng shui practitioner. So I use the amazing wisdom within feng shui and Chinese metaphysics to help ambitious people who are feeling like there's something a bit off in their life. And, and like I said, maybe struggling with sort of big unanswered life question and they can't figure out which direction to go and they just need to accelerate into the next phase. And the way to do that is to get clarity so they can confidently move forward. And I use all of the tools within Chinese metaphysics and Chinese astrology and date selection. And I put them all together to customize an experience for my clients. 
I love it. And I think what stands out to me or one of the things that stands out to me most from hearing you talk and just getting your energy and everything is the movement of stagnation, which is so, so important. And it's probably one of my favorite topics in the whole world, just being able to get the stagnant energy out so that life force can move through, have that natural fluid essence mm-hmm. can bring so much fruition into our lives. So I love everything that you just said. Oh, great. (laughs) And we might need to talk a little bit about what feng shui is because it's possible that somebody who's hearing this for the first time might be like, what's feng shui? 100%. And that's exactly where I want us to start. So if you would please give us a little bit more about feng shui. Sure. I mean, feng shui is a big topic and, you know, we don't have all the time in the world. (laughs) Essentially, feng shui is energy work. It's a little bit like acupuncture for the space. So using feng shui opens up powerful energy channels in your home or in your space to help the space get stronger and more harmonious, more powerful. Feng shui, I also often say this, that feng shui is a support system for our lives. Mm. Feng shui is an ancient Chinese art and science that allows us to create harmony and balance within any environment. So when we create harmony and balance, it lends support to our lives. And when our lives have support through our physical environment, then it's much easier for us to achieve the things that we want in life, like well-being and abundance, love and happiness, satisfaction, fulfillment. So when you're aligned with energy that's nourishing and supportive, your life is just better. You feel more at ease, you're in the flow, you feel like things are going your way. And so really what that means is that you have the ability to tap into the most supportive parts of your environment and create the life that you want right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and it's it makes such a tremendous distinction when we actually can acknowledge to ourselves that we are made up of energy, light, and vibration. And this is a callback to a couple of our past episodes, to be honest with you, but particularly this season, that seems to be the recurring theme. Remember, you are not just a matter-based person in this matter-filled world, but everything in this universe is comprised of energy, vibration, and light. And actually feng shui has a sort of construct for that, a concept that we really rely on called the three lux. It's, um, there's a lot of talk about luck in, in feng shui in Chinese metaphysics. And so these three lux are called heaven luck, human luck, and earth luck. Heaven luck is about your destiny. It's the energy that you're born with. You can't change it, right? You can't crawl back in your mother's womb and be born at another time. It's mm-hmm. like a date and time stamp for yourself. And then you have a more Western view of luck. Like here in the West, we think, oh, you won the lottery. Lucky you. Or right. oh, you stepped off the sidewalk right before a bus hit you and you were mangled. Like lucky you. That's the luck version that we have. Mm-hmm. But in the East, you cultivate your own luck. So that's preparation meaning opportunity. If you study hard and you practice hard and you become really good at the thing that you do, when the opportunity is there, you're in a better position to take it. So heaven luck is about your destiny. Again, you can't change it. Earth luck is your your environment, your actual feng shui, something mm-hmm. that you can actually um, adjust and and work with. And human luck is your free will. It's the choices that you make and the way that we make our our, our way in the world. Mm-hmm. So from a feng shui perspective, like if you're relaxed and you're aware and you don't have a body full of stress, you're happy, you're content, you don't miss the aspects of life that are really life affirming and good. Like that's another form of luck. I love it. 
Yeah. When you talk about being your own force, like you have your own energy that is so important to be aware of when you're dealing with feng shui so that you can customize the alignment with your energy and the space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that that might be the side of feng shui that we're all a bit more familiar with in terms of like, oh, if you put your bed underneath the fan, then that's going to have a lower vibration within the room. Or if you mm -hmm. leave the, uh, the the door to the bathroom open, all these things. So in that vein of thinking, um, let's do one thing at a time. First, let's talk about some misconceptions around feng shui. Sure. I think that there's um, a more popular or trendy perspective of feng shui that says, if I put a money tree in the money corner, then money will come to me. Mm -hmm. Or if I, um, if I enhance the relationship area of my house, then my relationships will be better. Mm -hmm. that, that construct is actually through a more Western version of feng shui practice called BTB, which is Black Hat Tibetan Feng Shui. It's a black hat sect of Tibetan feng shui. And it basically says that the bagua or the map of your home is laid the same way based on the entrance of your house. Mm -hmm. In classical feng shui, in the work that I practice, we use a directional structure. So we orient the energy pattern of the property based on the direction that the house or the property sits based on the land. So it's a very specific um, angle and measurement using a compass mm -hmm. to identify the energy pattern of the property. So in my experience, and this is actually how I started practicing my, myself, I started with a more Western feng shui application and I just found that it really didn't hold, that it wasn't, didn't really feel like it was customized to me. I felt like there, there's got to be more to this. And I learned from just my experience that the, for me, the money tree in the money corner just doesn't cut it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. How interesting. That's, I honor that so deeply because I feel within a lot of healing or just within life itself, we sometimes forget that there is going to be a different need and a different energy and a different everything per each person. You know, that's like me working with clients and talking about nutrition. I'm not going to be blanket statement for everybody. Right. We're going to take a look at that individual as a whole. Same with core wounds or stories and all of this stuff. So I, but I had never heard about feng shui being used in that way. And it's because you're right. I'm more used to, and in fact, have my house somewhat laid out <laughs> like the Western version of this, right? We're all yeah. oh, right. Put a, you know, a pink quartz in that corner in the bedroom. And then, yeah. So you're, how interesting. I think that there, I think there, there is some merit behind the intention of what you do for sure having a high vibration and intending good things to come, wanting a certain outcome and being willing to work toward it is very important. And in my own practice, really what I'm doing is taking the sort of triangular structure of the timing, uh, the timing, the orientation of the house and the property and you and putting them together. So it sort of feels more like a circuit or like a light switch when you connect all of the right parts, mm -hmm. uh, it kind of clicks and it goes ding and the lights get brighter and everything becomes more vibrant and more potent. 
Oh, wow. I love, I'm really, really loving on this idea. <laughs> like, you have no idea. It's so like transformative. Yeah. And so what would you say then in terms of if that's one of the biggest misconceptions, what would be the next or where could you find the most amount of healing for people who have said, oh my gosh, I've tried everything. I've feng shui my house and I still feel stuck and I have no direction and I don't know what's going on and I'm stressed all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that it's very important to remember that you are the key, right? So I mentioned this earlier, um, your human luck is such an important component. And I think it's very helpful to get to know yourself a little bit. And one of the systems that I use in my practice is called Eight Mansions. And it's a really powerful system that identifies what's called your life gua. Your life gua is highly significant. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of knowing this is to understand yourself better based on when you're born. And when you know a little bit about your characteristics and personality type based on your, your identification of your gua, you can also overlay that with the feng shui energy each year. So you can anticipate what to expect. So sort of similar to like Western astrology, where someone will say, what's your sign? Are you a Libra? In the Chinese context, we have something called a ming gua or a life gua. And the only difference here is that with Western astrology, that classification is based on a 12 month cycle. Whereas in the Chinese context, we use something called a nine year loop. So we have a lot feng shui and Chinese astrology has a lot to say about a person just by using their year of birth. So when you identify your gua, it was, so I should say what gua is. A gua is a, it's the translation is like house or mansion or palace in Chinese. So it's sort of like you are your own palace in your human body. You are your own gua. And you can identify based on your year of birth and the sex you were at the time when you were born to identify your gua number. Mm-hmm. And so the sort of trick here is, is that Chinese New Year starts February 4th every year. So if you're born between January 1st and February 3rd of any given year, you need to use the previous year. So for example, if you were born in January 19th of 1973, you aren't born in an ox year. You're actually born in the year of the rat, the previous year. Mm-hmm. And when you know your gua number, this system defines each number one through nine, omitting five. So you have four numbers that are either East Life Group or West Life Group. And then from that, you're assigned a, uh, your own sort of good good quote unquote, good directions or quote unquote bad directions. And there's four of each. And using that information, you can very easily align yourself in your space with energy that's favorable for you. Interesting. Yeah. Again, all little bits that complete the whole puzzle, right? I mean, we use these little practices and these, it's almost like taking a look at um, Vedic astrology or even your Enneagram, things like those. These are clues, in my opinion, as Mm -hmm. to who you are and they help you. They're really good tools to be very introspective and go, oh, okay, maybe this is where this aspect of self is showing up and this aspect of shade and how can I move into that? And oh, wow, take a look at that. that. That may not necessarily have been the way that I thought. Like for example, Vedic astrology is, like you said, kind of like what you're talking about is different from our astrology, our astrology, the one that we're used to. So it's just because you're a Leo 
in Western astrology doesn't mean that that's actually what you are in Vedic. And so you go kind of the same. You take a look at all the things and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, well, yeah, kind of, but technically you're a Virgo or whatever. Right, right. And, uh, and it changes the whole gambit. But you know what? Now that we have started, I mean, we've started the Western New Year already, but right. let's talk about that transition of the new year as it stands from the Chinese perspective. Oh my gosh, I can't talk today. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> and uh, and what that, because we all like to look at energy and all of that. So what can you bring? So what can you share with us about that? So the Chinese new year actually started in February of 2021. So even though the Gregorian calendar starts in January, the energy actually doesn't shift or be fully set until February. It was February 3rd of 2021. Mm-hmm. And we're we're entering into the year of the yin metal ox, which is sometimes called the golden ox. And if I had to give like a, a an image of what a yin metal looks like, I would say maybe like a dagger or a knife mm-hmm. because the element of yin metal is well, so the metal element itself is rough, right? It's raw, its origin comes from the earth and it's basically useless unless fire element makes it into something useful. So Mm -hmm. yin metal has already gone through this forging process to make it more refined into things like jewelry or knives or scalpels or, you know, anything that's sort of a useful tool. So um, that's maybe the image that you can come to mind when you start thinking about the year of the ox. And the energy of the year of the ox is gonna feel similar to the energy of the previous year in 2020, but different in in other ways. Um, One of the things to note is that in feng shui and in the work that we do in Chinese metaphysics, we always rely on the five elements. The five elements are water, wood, fire, earth, and metal. So we're going into this yin metal year and with the ox, the ox is an earth element animal sign, if you will. Mm -hmm. And there's no fire element in there. And so without that fire element, it it's distinct lacking of this element, which is needed to bring joy and warmth and optimism and refine further that, that yin metal and keep it under control. That's part of why 2021 may not feel so significantly different to some people. It may feel Mm -hmm. like a, a repeat of 2020 for some of us. Um, But the good news (laughs) is that even though there may be um, some protests and arguments and and cutting speeches and things that feel like you're getting stabbed in the back, there's also the possibility of less violence because um, people may dig their heels in, but there may not be quite as much destruction. Last year was the year of the young metal rat. Young metal is the image of like an axe or a sword. Mm -hmm. Um, And we vividly remember all of the violence that happened in 2020 and it was just really hard to watch people working to achieve their ideology in that way but in 2021 we're more likely to see people speaking their minds um instead of resorting to violence which is a welcome change (laughs) Mm -hmm. so without that fire element to to keep things optimistic we are going to need to notice in ourselves what that means. And that's going to mean different things for different people based on your own personal Chinese astrology chart. Mm-hmm. No, and I really love that. What I'm, what came to mind immediately as you were talking about like the knife or the dagger was the tarot deck of the swords. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
a bit of a difference there. But what's interesting is, is that that is very reflective of the mind. It's got to do with a lot of that mental sort of internal stuff. And it is very sharp. And there are a lot of really interesting points within that particular part of the deck that we take a look at, you know, whether it's the three of swords that scares everybody so much, <laughs> whether it is the five and etc. But what is brought to mind within that space, which is something that came to me as well, toward the end of 2020 last year, was that sense of, there's this imagery as well within that deck, the deck of swords, and in particular, the one that I'm thinking of, which is of the wild unknown, who's just a beautiful artistry tarot deck, and I, I love it to pieces. But that one has this imagery of a lamb, sort of really restful and peaceful and placid. And above it, there's these swords. And so it's almost like that hanging sort of Democles <laughs> over your head. <laughs> same time a sense of easefulness and what came forth like I said at the end of the year and then now this year is the idea and the knowing the inner knowing of everything is okay everything mm -hmm. is going to be okay you are safe you are protected you are going to be fine there's just all of this stuff right now but you are okay and simply allow that is literally the word I've said I think every single show or <laughs> like the last couple of episodes because it it remains the energetic um but I and to me that's what came forth as you were describing this particular element and how it's shaped and and also the missing spark of that fire you know which is super interesting it is interesting because without that element of joint optimism we can feel fearful we can feel very uncertain and it is I think important to have hope and and be open to the idea that things are shifting in really positive ways um one of the things that we do in Chinese astrology is we can also look at like a birth chart of a country mm -hmm. and when you look at the birth chart of the country here in the United States the the chart is shows us that the the last year in 2020 and the year that we're sort of transitioning through in 2021 is a little bit of a down period for the United States and its whole history. The good news is that as we get through 2021, we are going to go into an upswing, and we have um, people like the president and vice president who bring whose personal charts help bring what the United States needs to balance its chart. So we absolutely have reason to be hopeful um, and be optimistic and hold on to the things that drive us internally so that we can have a successful year, regardless of what this yin metal means for you, you can still have a really amazing year. A hundred percent. And using that internal spark as well, you know, yes. it's kind of like saying, oh, when the sun goes away, there's like perpetual night. It doesn't really work that way. Everything no. in the universe ebbs and flows. And mm -hmm. one thing that I do honor as well within just Chinese, even TCM, you know, like everything within that Eastern philosophy that is so rooted into the natural. It's very in its in a, in a sense, and I hope I'm not offending anybody by saying this, but I don't mean any harm. It's just in a, in a sense, it's very witchy because it honors that natural, cyclical, very organic, this is the world um, essence to it. You know, honoring, it's like calling the four corners as we're talking about the elements and mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Yes. So actually the Chinese calendar runs on a 60 year cycle. So the energy that we're seeing here in 2021 if we live another 60 years, we wouldn't, we wouldn't see it again unless we lived another 60 years. 
So the likelihood of us ever seeing this again, anyone who's listening to this is slim, (laughs) unless you're a really young person, right? Which is certainly possible, but you, in your lifetime, unless you live to be 120, you wouldn't see the same energy twice. Crazy. Yeah. Unless you're a Highlander. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, and it's good to know that this too shall pass. Nothing is forever good or bad. You can absolutely make it through and, and be successful knowing what the elements are, knowing how to work with them. It's sort of like, I don't want to say playing a game, but it's sort of like when you know what the rules of the game are, you can play and you can be successful. Yeah, no, I love that. That's actually one of the themes that I use with my clients is this idea of play the game, like get really good at understanding things ebb and flow. Mm -hmm. You can't control or manipulate everything or anything really. But when they come, it's kind of like saying, oh, you play Monopoly and you lost all of your hotels and that's it. That's like the end of the world. Well, no, you've still got different things that could happen Mm -hmm. in life as much the same. It's just also we've got to learn to be patient. And not a lot of us have a lot of patients in our charts. I know I don't. <laughs> I know at least from my Vedic and my uh, my Western charts, I don't have any patients. So <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> well, we were talking about the three lucks earlier. So the three lucks are heaven luck, earth luck, and human luck. And if you break those down into percentages, that's about 33% each. Ultimately, you can influence your earth luck, which is your feng shui. You have a little bit of influence and control over the kind of environment you live, how you structure your space. Your human luck is your free will and your choices. That's absolutely something that you can control within the experiences and situations that you're in. But your heaven luck is out of your control. You may just be destined to encounter certain experiences in life and you get to decide how you make it through that. So there is absolutely a component to what you can control and a component of what you cannot. Yeah. And I think it comes down to choosing and Mm -hmm. just reaffirming. So it's up to you entirely. And either way, the choice is not going to be wrong or right. It's just going to be a choice with uh, following energetics or consequences. So it's, it's super, super interesting. Right. I mean, there's this whole concept of fate and destiny, right? So the sort of Asian perspective on fate and destiny is if I go to a party and I meet you at a party, it's fated for us to meet, but my destiny is what I do with it, right? So now that I've met you, am I going to invite you for coffee? Am I going to ask you for a conversation? Am I going to invite you into my business? Are you somebody that I think I want to be in a relationship with? Those are, that's part of your destiny. Those are things that you get to decide. So fate will bring you together and destiny is what you do with it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. That's so empowering. It feels certainly less heavy than thinking, oh, I'm predestined for this forever. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) I've always believed in free will. I'm like, well, that's kind of like saying, oh, I can see into the future, but the truth is there's so many ramifications. So me saying, oh, tomorrow you're going to step on a puddle. Well, sure. But maybe someone else stepped on it before you did, or like, there's so many things at play that have to do, or you decide not to, you like actually stop looking at your phone (laughs) and see it (laughs) before you go in. So there's so many things that play with free will that um, affect that and that change those things. So Mm I, I, oh my gosh, this is so fun. (laughs) And when you're like, when you look at Chinese astrology, when I look through that lens and we look at all the four pillars. So with Chinese astrology, there's a year, month, day, and an hour. And what's going on in your chart can also influence how open you are to putting your phone down or how, how interested you are in making a change. And being aware of those influences can also really help you be well-informed mm-hmm. so that you can, like I said, with what I do, help you confidently move forward in a specific direction. Yep. 
their tools. Again, it's yeah. kind of like referring to that Enneagram and you're like, oh, I'm a four. So I'm like predestined to be like dramatic. And it's like, well, okay, hold on. You understand this about yourself. So how are you going to move within that space? Right. And we talk about that with Chinese astrology all the time. The reason that you get a, a four pillars of destiny reading or a Chinese astrology reading, the chart is actually called a batze, ba meaning um, eight and so meaning characters because so, you get eight characters in your chart for a basic structure. So when you know your characters and you know what's going on in your chart, it helps you know yourself better and it helps you relate to people better. I feel like the more charts I read and the more I, I see um, the balance of elements with somebody, the more compassion I have for them, the mm -hmm. more I can see them for who they are and appreciate them for who they are because we're all completely different. Like with Western astrology, I think you get something like 500 different types of astrology charts, but with Chinese astrology, you have up to 13 million variations. So what yeah. that means is you're completely unique. Mm -hmm. So it works differently. And this is going to sound so silly, because, but, but I really don't know that much about Chinese astrology at all. So just enlighten me. Yeah. It's is there the concept of like, oh, your son is in Venus and this is over here? Or is that not how it works? It absolutely is how it works. I mean, you're talking about how the energy that visits and moves around affects you. So in your chart, you have what are called stems and branches. And the stems and branches are all um, translated concepts of energy. They Why do we call them animals? So we're talking about 12 animals mm -hmm. and a mythical creature, which is a dragon. Why are they given those um, descriptions? So we're talking about stars and constellations that are given common names so that uneducated population in ancient times could relate. So, and the truth is, is that's the most common way to identify them now, but we're really just talking about an energy pattern. Mm -hmm. And so when you know what your energy pattern is and you know what energy is coming to visit you, you can be prepared. It's a little bit like being at home and really enjoying your space. And then you have a visitor, maybe it's an in-law or maybe it's a sister or a brother. And maybe you get along with that person really, really well. Then you're gonna welcome that person in. You're gonna have a really good time. You're gonna feel nurtured. You're gonna eat, you're gonna talk. Everything is gonna go really well. But if you know that you don't get along with that person and you don't like their energy, it's good to be forewarned so mm -hmm. that you can be on your best behavior and you can take care of yourself during a time that may be challenging when visiting energy is not compatible with you. Mm -hmm. So knowing that. your chart helps you grow. Understanding who you are helps accept yourself, understand what's coming to be part of your life. And when you're growing, it's, I mean, dollars in the bank is lovely. <laughs> who doesn't want dollars <laughs> in the bank? But it's also about your ability to access knowledge and wisdom and love and compassion. And by, by being in a better place and knowing ourselves, we can help our communities, we can help our loved ones, yes. and we can understand our destinies better and be the kindest, happiest, most loving person that you can be. Right. Embodying that highest self aversion. It yeah. takes many different tools. It takes a lot of time. It mm -hmm. actually even repeats what may seem to be same lessons in a different way over and over again. It's so unique and so like specific, but I love, let's talk a little bit more about the work that you do with people as well, because I love how you work with people who specifically are looking more for clarity. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about that and maybe your process. Sure. So the, the first thing that I do is spend quite a bit of time talking with a potential client and understanding what's working and what's not working. It's called a discovery session. And it really is, it's, it's lengthy, but it's also really deep where we talk about um, your life, your home, your challenges, your ups, your downs, 
and starting to identify patterns. Sometimes you carry energy from a previous property into the property you're in now mm. talking about where you feel like you need help. What's the one thing that would make your life better and understanding what your goals are, where, where you are now, point A, what you're trying to get to, which is point B. Um, maybe I can see a point C and a point D, but we need to get you onto a path of wellness so that you can feel stronger and you can feel um, like you're more able to attain the things that you want. So first it's a discovery session to sort of figure out what the issue really is. Um, just as an example, a client may say, I really, um, I want to have a baby. And when we go through a discovery session, we may find that there's an addiction or something else going on that needs to be addressed first before you can be ready to have a baby. Mm -hmm. um, and so often what I'm doing is I'm giving clients what they need, not always what they want. Yep, um, I know the feeling. <laughs> So then the next step would be to, to have a feng shui session. And that can mean an onsite. It can certainly mean remote um, if you're more comfortable with a remote session. Um, but with an onsite uh, or a remote consultation, we can take a look at the physical environment of, of your home, what's going on physically around you, where the chi or the energy is flowing to and from, mm -hmm. if it's uh, moving in a way that you can capture it or not. And then also looking in the internal space where you're living, how you're using it, how the chi is flowing, how it's working or not. And then from there, looking at your own personal Chinese astrology chart to see what kind of energy you're bringing into the space. How are you connecting with the space or not connecting with the space? Mm. Um, and through that, we really start to make some recommendations about how to best use your space, identifying the most vibrant and most potent areas of the environment so that you can feel empowered, you can feel a sense of wellness, you can start to be on a, a path toward um, having more of what you want. Feng shui really is not a one-time event. I think that that is a little bit of another myth that, that people don't think, oh, if I just do this one time, everything will be great. And that's really not true. Mm -hmm. Feng shui evolves over time. My business is called Feng Shui in Motion because the energy is always in motion all the time. And the more that we can align with favorable energy, the more support we can feel and the better we are capable of attaining the things that we want. Um, so in the process of, of the actual feng shui work, I'm identifying in a property, the most vibrant, most potent, most supportive areas in a property or a home and, and encouraging you to use those in, the, in a proper manner so that you can connect to that energy. It's a little bit like having a Wi-Fi device in your house. And let's say you have a really big space Mm -hmm. If you have something important going on, you're going to go to where that Wi-Fi signal is the strongest so that sure. you don't have any interruptions. Everything is smooth. You feel supported and you, you can rest assured everything is going to be okay during that important event using your Wi-Fi. Same thing is true with your feng shui. You need to be able to use the most potent, most vibrant, most supportive energy spots in your home so you can be supported. That's amazing. And what I what really struck me when you were talking about that was the fact that you take a look at like sort of my energy coming into my space as well. Yes. How unique, because that's something that we don't think about. We think, oh, like I said, we go back to the misconception of if, if I just move this chair over there and I put it away from the door, then it's going to be that like that forever. And we don't think of, okay, there's that, but also what energy are you bringing into mm -hmm. the space? And let me ask you something within that, is there there the concept or is there a connection as well because it sounded to me like there might have been but I could be wrong of um, ancestral energetics or karma well sure this that's part of your destiny right so when when you're born whatever you're date and time stamped with in your chart is what 
you can expect to experience in your life. So a Chinese astrology chart can actually predict with quite fascinating accuracy, not predict, but forecast the kinds of energy that you're going to encounter and what you might experience. So in addition to your four pillars, which is your natal chart, you also have what are called 10-year luck pillars. And the 10-year luck pillars show a pattern of energy as you go through your life. And famous people are really fun to look at because their lives are public. And so you can really read their charts and see what was going on for them 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And as they progress, you can sort of see what's going to happen to them, give a little bit of a forecast of how popular they're going to be, um, how successful they're going to be, um, what kind of challenges they might encounter, how their relationships will look, um, when they might have children, why they should have married at a specific time or why they shouldn't have gotten married and now why they're getting divorced. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's essential to look at that pattern. And so it definitely does have um, a connection to, to what you need to experience in this life. Wow. Impactful. I mean, again, I keep coming back to this just remembrance that everything affects everything else because everything is interconnected and there's no mm -hmm. real like separation. And so yeah. interesting. Yeah. So that was, those were, those were things that I was wondering about that. Cause it was so, again, it just struck me that, oh, wow, you're coming into the space with your own energy and the energy of your previous place and probably the energy of your partner and then the energy of your ancestors and everything has a, a role to play. Absolutely. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle. It's in my experience the well, after 10 years, I'm still learning new things. I'm bringing in a more modern application of this very ancient practice, because when you think about it, we're talking about a practice that was developed and refined over thousands of years through Chinese ancients. They didn't have technology, right? They didn't have maps. They were just trying to use the energy of the land to thrive and live well. And they just documented fastidiously over time, how to identify that in a beautiful way. But now we have roads and cities and EMF fields and mm -hmm. electronics and other things that interfere that were not part of a feng shui practice thousands of years ago. So we do have to adapt and we need to make sure that we're, we're taking into account all of the components beyond just the physical environment itself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So that's beyond like the colors and the things and everything, right. but those also kind of play a big part into it. Sure. I mean, I think that, I think that there's a little bit of a myth that if I change the color of my curtains, that my feng shui will be better. Now I find that that is a component, but it's more of a weaker component in the kind of work that I do. Um, so if I'm not an interior designer, I don't, I'm not there for aesthetics. I'm, I'm working with energetics. Yeah. I'm not saying that changing the aesthetics doesn't help. It certainly does, but that's not the way that I'm helping you align with your space. Um, so in my practice, I do not want your home to look like a Chinese antique store. Like I'm not here to <laughs> tell you to buy trinkets and tchotchkes and um, that's not, I, I've, I've been down that path and I found mm -hmm. that for myself, it did not work. Um, but using the actual five elements and aligning properly means that I can, I can feel more empowered. I can feel more of a sense of wellness through the energetics. And then naturally I want things to be beautiful, but mm -hmm. I want it to be beautiful to me, right? What the color that I want to paint my wall may not be what you think is pretty. Mm -hmm. um, and so it needs to be comforting for me and related to my chart. So if I say I want to paint my wall um, like a, a pinkish color, that might actually resonate with me because of my chart. My mm -hmm. husband might not like that color so much because his chart is different. 
<laughs> That's actually a good point now that you bring that up. So in a household where there is more than one person, then does that also change the way in which you're going to approach? I'm assuming the answer is yes, but does that also change the way in which you're going to approach the redistribution of the energy and everything? It absolutely does. It almost always, we address the most important person in the room. We'll address the elephant in the room, right? And the elephant in the room could be the person who is the breadwinner who makes the most money because they're going to need to make the most, need the most support. It could be who somebody who's sick. So when people come to me, they usually come to me with big stuff around health, wealth, and relationships. And if the, the person who needs the most support isn't getting what they need, we need to address that first. And then feng shui, this is my teacher's sort of saying, and I love her to bits. She would say that everyone wants the whole enchilada with feng shui, but mm -hmm. sometimes all you get are the nachos. <laughs> and the nachos are like your doors, your bedroom, your office, kitchens are very important, your doors, which doors you're using in your home. And that changes year to year. And it will also be different based on who has the greatest need. Mm -hmm. um, so we, with children, it's a little bit harder because we need to see how old the child is, if they're able to cook some of their own food, if, you know, if you're the parent and you're really taking care of them. If they're more of a de dependent child, um, then we need to make sure your, your energy is good so that you can support your child. Mm -hmm. Does that answer that question for you? Oh yeah, it does. Thank you so much. That was yeah. actually beautifully explained. And, and <laughs> you're absolutely right about the kitchen, by the way. <laughs> this is a concept that I find across almost everything, including everything from like um, witchy ideas all the way down to feng shui, like you said, to everyone always talks about the kitchen being so important. And to me, part of it is because it's, well, this is, oh my gosh, I'm now I'm just using colloquialisms, but it's it's the hearth of the home. You know, it's like yes. kind of where that that mothering, nurturing energy settles mm -hmm. in most. And mm -hmm. I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but I just mean that in a very empowered way. Yeah, sure. It is where the life, where that spark, we were talking about the spark going back to like the energy of the year and everything, that spark, that fire in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the cooker, the kitchen, the the stove, if you will, in more modern times is really essential because every time you turn on those knobs and you flip a, that knob and you turn it, you're actually activating that fire element and you are, um, you're sending energy signals to the universe about how to connect. And mm -hmm. you can often see very well, I can in the work that I do see very clearly that someone is cooking, uh, on a stove that is positioned in a very improper manner. And it can cause lots of issues, health issues, financial issues, relationship issues. And so it may be wow. that something that needs to change is, Hey, you got to stop using your stove because you're really, really sick and you, we need to activate better energy and let's let's do something different or, Hey, I'm sleeping. And when you're sleeping, so the crown of your the crown chakra of your head is the activation point. So the, whatever the head of your bed, the wall that your head of your bed is, is directed to, um, that's going to be an activation point and you're there for hours and hours on end. And if you're not well, or if you're dealing with a, a significant issue, we need to update it and, and align you with something that's more supportive. So you can, it's a little bit like digging, right? Like when you're in a hole, you've mm -hmm. got to stop. Sometimes you just have to stop digging stop digging and then we can realign you and get you positioned into something that's more supportive. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
And and again, I love the fact that it changes as well. It isn't something that you're like once and done, it's over with. It's going to continuously change. Just like for me, it's important to energetically cleanse and clear my spaces out, you know, my car, my house, myself. (laughs) So every periodically when I start feeling things are getting too stagnant or where I notice that I'm like grinding my teeth at like the smallest of things, I'll have to go back and do a cleansing. And I'm thinking um, it may be the same with function in terms of like, okay, you came into my house today, we looked at stuff, we moved everything, and it feels good for like a couple of months, let's say. And then all of a sudden, everything feels like it's coming to a a very screeching halt. (laughs) It may be time to, to redo stuff, right? Well, so actually, you bring up a really good point. So in Chinese feng shui, one of the things that we understand is that there are annual stars or energies that visit a property every year, and they move. It's called formless chi. It's energy that is unseen and it moves in a very predictable and specific pattern every year. And so we can, with some significant accuracy, identify the directions that this energy is visiting and the way that this energy will behave. And the way that this energy behaves also connects with your energy based on your life gua. So Mm -hmm. this is actually something I talk about every year with my clients. And in addition to that, there's also monthly energy that moves around daily and hourly. So every year, month, day, and an hour. So we can get you set up for the year. We can get you with some strong alignment. And there may be one or two months in the year that have a doubling effect where the stars of the month are the same as the year. And so what that can can mean is that the good stuff is really good and the bad stuff is really bad. And, And you just kind of have to go, okay, hold on. Just for this month, maybe I need to make a small shift. Maybe I need to use a different room, or maybe I need to go on vacation, or maybe I need to realign myself in my office so that I can just for this short period of time, um, fine tune what I'm doing to, to have more support. So it can be that you need to pay attention, not only for the year, but also um, specific times throughout each month to be aware of what's working, what's not working. hmm Wow. It's really fascinating. Yeah, it is. I mean, I feel like I would like to sit here for like the next five hours and take a look at everything, you know, <laughs> it's so interesting. <laughs> That's incredible. I love that. Now, if there was maybe like one or two key things or key messages that you would like to share with everyone about maybe energy or feng shui itself, what would those be? And you can do more than two if you want to. I was just throwing a number out there. Mm. Well, I think that it's so important for people to understand that classical feng shui is highly customized. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit like a couture experience because we are tailoring your experience with you and the home. So what what we're really mean is that no two people's experience in the house will be the same. Mm -hmm. And you really can feel your affinity to a property. If you go shopping and you go searching for a house, you can walk in and right away you can go, this doesn't feel right. Or, oh, this feels really good to me. And it can absolutely be that without you knowing it, you may have an affinity to the alignment of that property. So it's possible that you already are using your own intuition and your own sense of Mm -hmm. knowledge about what works and what doesn't work. Um, I think that that is really important for people to understand that um, there's no perfect feng shui because this energy moves 
every year, every month, every day, every hour. We can work on it every year. We can continue to tweak things. We can fine tune, but nothing is ever perfect. If we aren't growing, then then we might as well be dead. (laughs) So we need to grow and we need to have life experience. It doesn't mean that everything is going to be perfect all the time. It does though mean that you can have more support. You can have helpful people. You can have opportunities that come to you and you need to take action around them. Mm -hmm. Yes. Amen to that so much. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Jillian, I love it. And I could keep you here for hours, but I want to honor your time and the listener's time. So I won't. (laughs) So before I let you go, I've got two items left. The first one is just for you to tell us where everybody can find you, where they can connect with you. Sure. Yeah. So my, the business again is feng shui in motion. The website is fsinmotion.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, I also have a newsletter. You can sign up for the newsletter and get a newsletter a couple times a month. Sometimes I do annual update, special editions throughout the year. I also um, offer blog on my website and on the website, you can find a little bit more about the kinds of services that are offered through the work that I do. So there's, of course, residential feng shui. There's also business feng shui, um, helping with real estate, so buying or selling a property. If you're trying to renovate, I do a renovation advising service. And of course, Chinese astrology, which is a Bazi reading. Um, and something else I do that's particularly fascinating is personal date selection. So mm-hmm. feng shui is like, location, 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 date selection is timing is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that is explained. On, um, you can reach out to me if you have any questions as well. Um, and then classes, I do also offer classes throughout the year. So the next class that I'm going to be offering in April is a Chinese astrology class for basic sort of basic intro to Chinese astrology. Ooh, that's awesome. And people can get the information for that on your website, right? Yes. It's a great way to sort of dip your toe into a whole new different perspective on learning about who you are. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love it. And actually, I'm probably going to be checking that out here in a second. I would love to have you in the class. You probably would really love it, actually. You might be totally fascinated. Oh, I would be. I guarantee it. (laughs) So I really appreciate that. Um, And then last but not least, my favorite question to ask is what would your words of wisdom be in terms of how we can become uplifted? Mm, I love that question. Me too. <laughs> um, my fa- One of my favorite quotes is, when you touch someone's heart, the fingerprint lasts a lifetime. Aww. So I think it's really important to touch kindly. Oh, I've got chills. <laughs> that, oh, I really do. That was beautiful. Yeah. I think that's the perfect spot. Welcome back, beautiful souls. This particular topic and interview were so delightful, and I am dying to hear from all of you. What was your favorite part? What did you learn about Feng Shui that you didn't know before? What really shocked you? Let me know by emailing me info at yoursoulfulgoddess.com or reaching out via Instagram at yoursoulfulgoddess.com. 
And of course, if you want more from this conversation, you can log on to patreon.com forward slash your soulful goddess and support the show as well as leaving us an uplifting five-star review so that more people can find the show and listen and keep sharing this wonderful process of healing that we are all going through. And that'll be it for today, but get ready for next week because we have a wonderful guest to talk to us all about the mother wound. So exciting. Have a beautiful rest of your week and I will talk to you next Monday.